3: El Huddle is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio.
1: El Huddle is back. Will Silva, alongside me hermana, mi prima, mi prima hermana, MJ Acosta, Rui. So good to MJ, see you well, again, Will. I missed you. So good to see you. We we had to take last week off, and we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. I regret to inform you that we will not have Prince Harry on this uh, podcast today. Uh, so are you okay with that? What about Megan? Did she come on. <laughs> it's it's I don't know. She I guess it's she could come out. on. I mean, they had the Netflix series and then he has this book that he's binged. talking about. You binge, and what'd you think of it?
3: I'm into, listen, I'm into it. I'm into it because I'm here for the the airing out the laundry. I'm here for the pettiness.
1: Mm -hmm. I I, I don't know
3: if it's an unpopular opinion, but I stand with Harry and Meghan. That's where I am there.
1: Yeah, well, he was speaking his truth. Mm -hmm. That's what he had said. And um, I don't know if this is the way that he's going to reconcile with his... Brother and That's his passing. father, but needless yep. to say, yeah, I think that is sale. But he's been on a lot of shows, but he won't be on El Huddle. But you know what will be on El Huddle? MJ Titulares headlines, hey. breaking news, noticiero, just in. All right, so let's start in Vegas. Derek Carr saying goodbye to Raider fans. We knew this was going to happen. He yeah. just formalized it. Correct.
3: Correct. And I've been, so on Total Axis, of course, we have David Carr, Big Brother mm-hmm. Carr, um, who has not been shy, takes. not yeah. shy about his stance on it. And he, I get it. I get it. That's Big Brother. And I actually agree that I felt it was kind of disrespectful the way that they did Derek, all that he said, And beyond that, the issues that the Raiders have had this season do not fall squarely on Derek's shoulders. There was a lot of things that needed to be fixed there. So I can get why Big Brother was like, you know what? We're done with Vegas. Yeah. The best part, I don't know if you guys follow David Carr on Instagram, but after that game, he sort of subtly threw shade at the Raiders through his IG stories each time with yeah. the Chiefs. I mean, it, it is it is something to behold. And again, it's the level of pettiness that I can, I can relate to and um, also into. appreciate. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think the way that that Derek Carr should look at this is have the team cut him because I think he's going to be more attractive to prospective teams who won't have to give up any money or picks to Mm -hmm. get him. So if I'm him, hey, get rid of me. Before February fifteenth, because the Raiders won't have any trade partners that are going to be willing to take that on, so to absorb you can see all of him that. landing. Yeah. yeah, they're not going to absorb that. So if you're him, you're wanting, you're praying, hoping that you're going to get uh, traded. Uh, the other part of it uh, that we want to talk about, and the reason why we were not able to be on air doing this podcast was. Damar Hamlin and what had happened with him. Again, we'll get to that in a second. But the um, what ended up happening after his injury, they decided mm-hmm. obviously, as we know now, to cancel that game between the Bengals and the Bills. So now a potential Bills-Chiefs AFC championship game. The neutral location was announced, and it's going to be in Atlanta. What do you think about that?
3: I mean, look, I, we knew that this was a possibility when we were sort of list- listing all of the scenarios, and they were very intricate and there were many. Um, it, it sort of felt like this is the best worst case option, right? This isn't a situation that anybody had ever anticipated, ever. There was no mm-hmm. playbook for it. Like, now how do you resolve the rest of the season and the ongoing uh, logistical part of it in terms of playing the games? Um, and of course, which we'll discuss in a second, all of this came after everyone took a much needed and appropriate pause to focus on Damar Hamlin's health. So now when the after effect of that, we know that he's okay. Now what do we do about these games? Mm-hmm. And now here we are. I, just... I mean, the neutral site is what it is. I mean, it, it it's it's meant to be neutral for everybody. It, it, nobody's going to be fully happy with with this kind of thing. But it's a situation where you have to make do with the best-case scenario. That's a very nice stadium to play in, by the way.
1: I, I, I agree, and that stadium knows how to host big events, Super mm-hmm. Bowls, and uh, Collegiate Bowls as well. Uh, and those, those fan bases travel extremely oh, yeah. well, so mm-hmm. I think that works out. We avoided the coin flip for the Bengals, so we'll see if this indeed comes to fruition. Obviously, the Bengals will have something to do Uh, I may have something to say about that, given how they're playing right now. Uh, We mentioned Damar Hamlin. One of the reasons, biggest reason why we didn't do the podcast last week is because of Damar Hamlin. We decided to step back, take a pause as a show, as many other shows did as well. And happy to report, happy to see that he has been released from the hospital, capping off really a remarkable remarkable recovery from a cardiac arrest that he had suffered it's still amazing and it's the power of prayer as well
3: it's such a beautiful thing to see not only the way that everybody's come together but just his i mean i i'm not being dramatic i think when i call it a miraculous result to everything that's happened no not being dramatic it was miraculous the fear that we felt for him um was very real and with good reason. So I I think where he is now is, is a miracle. Um, could not be happier for him and that now he's on the road to recovery and he'll have to do the, his rehabilitation. But one of the things that really struck me was of course, hearing, um, the reaction from his teammates, his coach, when he FaceTimed them, right. Later on in the week. Um, and you know, throughout the week, us as journalists and just as, as people who are generally concerned for this man and his life Mm -hmm. you know we i I had posted several things i had tagged him in a couple of things um and a few days ago he replied to one of those
1: oh he did yes
3: and the reply was simply like the heart emoji that everybody's been throwing up and for me i was like oh my god like my eyes welled up i was like he like he's out here he's like, he's looking at at all of the love and support that we've sent to him like i wasn't expecting to get a you know a response of any kind but i'm like if that was my reaction i cannot imagine how it felt for those guys in that locker room just waiting to hear from their brother from their teammates so demarble we will continue to pray for you on this road um and yes recovery for you this is amazing the whole world at this point is 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 with you and and this is just i mean the best outcome i think at this point that anybody could have expected um after the very very scary moment um that we watched there i can't imagine what his mom and his dad are feeling right now you know to know that that their son is going to be okay it's
1: scary yeah it's scary and you know that it's life or death and i knew watching it unfold that it was worse than just a regular uh leg mm-hmm. injury which it's right. not diminishing those injuries those are serious injuries but you knew after all that time mm-hmm. had passed something had happened so i'm glad that he is uh safe and he's recovered yeah. and you know that buffalo crowd is oh going to be God. fired up if he is even within 500 feet of that stadium right. the place will be rocking when they face the dolphins yeah and the dolphins are once again going to be without tua who mm-hmm. has still not been cleared for football activities teddy bridgewater is trying to work his way back and it's looking like skylar thompson is in line to start my nicaraguan mom who's always filled with sayings would say "Que vaina." <laughs> that yeah. Yeah, you know, I know, it's it's uh, too bad because this offense, as we talked about throughout the season, really clicked and it was based on timing right. and tempo and ball placement. And he was such a good point guard in distributing the ball to Jalen Waddell and to Tyreek Hill. And you want to see these playoff teams be at full strength. So it's too bad because Skylar Thompson, what we saw not particularly good he seemed overwhelmed Mm -hmm. you hope they can put up some sort of fight but it just feels like all the emotion right now is in momentum is with the bills and no
3: question i mean these two teams played each other very well all season long they split the 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 series between them within the division um and yeah there's there's no denying that that offense is exponentially better with tua under center however even if he had cleared the concussion protocols, I think most people would agree he should not have been out there this weekend, right? And he won't be because he didn't clear it. But even if he had cleared, there was no scenario where I felt that there would have been a decision that would have put him on the field. After all that he's also endured this season with concussions, with injuries, it, it, it would have felt wrong, In my Mm -hmm. gut, in my heart, and I've spoken to a lot of other Dolphins fans, other analysts, other players who said, I don't know if he'll ever be on the field again. And that's a discussion for a later day. Only Tua can answer that question,
1: right? He right, and and at this go. point in time, it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. That he's sure. going to step away from the game. No. Uh, but from what from our insiders right now, yeah, right, yes, yeah. exactly. And according to our insiders at NFL Network, they've said, you know, he's done, you know, well in terms of his recovery and how he's feeling. It's just they have been cautious as they should. Uh, again, this Dolphins team is going to be traveling to Buffalo, where the place is going to be rocking. And who knows if we may see another Naeem Hines kickoff return, which will really have the joint jumping. Estarán impactando el balón de esta manera para darle el cañonazo de salida al último partido
3: de la temporada regular 2022-2023. En el regreso, Raheem Hines cruza la yarda
0: 20, llega a la 25 y encuentra un boquete en el costado derecho del campo. Es perseguido, no ha alcanzado. La 40 toma toda la banda y se va a escapar para abrir el marcador. Con
3: toda la emoción que conlleva el partido dedicado hoy a Hamlin, los
1: Bills pegan primero con este regreso, el primero de su carrera para Raheem Nice. Hasta la zona chills. chills chills goosebumps
3: are you kidding me mm. how did you I did it twice you right? can't <laughs> script this stuff like this is why no. we love this game because it's moments mm-hmm. like that where life meets the field where destiny comes together i mean there was I, you saw josh allen on the sideline Completely aghast. He's like, what is happening right now? I think he's having an out-of-body experience. All of us were in that moment. It was unbelievable. It was poetic. It was beautiful. It was perfect. I mean, I I can't imagine a more perfect play, a more perfect moment, especially for this team.
1: Yeah, so much emotion. Uh, what it represented was so big. Uh, obviously, in the playoffs, in the okay. postseason, you see guys come out of nowhere, oh, nowhere or some of the stars really shining the brightest on stage. So I am looking at the Bucks and the Cowboys game is the one I'm most uh-huh. interested in on Monday night for various reasons. Uh, for Hit. one, Tom Brady undefeated against the Cowboys, how is he going to respond? We know that he's going to bring it, and it seems like he and Mike Evans have restored that connection. And for the Cowboys, how are they going to respond after that loss to the Commanders where Mike McCarthy said, we are uh, going to not burn that tape? And then he said, "Mm, we're going to burn that tape. And I think, (laughs) listen, let's learn from this let's learn from this and what had happened so it doesn't repeat i think there's some concern over dak and the interception since he came back and throwing so many i think there's a concern there that you know on tuesday morning people are going to go nuts if dallas loses this thing because we've seen dallas field good teams and they just can't get over the hump so maybe maybe they have Dak scramble a little bit more he uh Coach McCarthy was asked about that. Why not get uh, Dak out on the loose, out moving more? Because the playoff game that he had won back in 2018 against the Seahawks, he ran and was impactful. So maybe that's what he needs to do more of. We'll see. Because I don't think the the Bucks are as formidable as we would have thought right. when the season began, uh, just given how they've played. So... I think that if the Cowboys lose this thing, there's going to be a lot of debate shows. There's going to be a lot of shows that are going to be going in on the Cowboys and wondering if McCarthy is the guy that can actually get them over the hump and maybe Sean Payton is on line one. We'll see.
3: <laughs> I will say this. If Brady <laughs> Brady wins this game, because it'll be on his... You know it's going to come down to a game-winning drive by Brady. Period. If he does that mm. this is this is yeah. the year tom
1: you don't want to
3: Patrick Drady. this is the year just retire after this okay <laughs> just do it okay <laughs> just don't play any more of these games like go out on, on this type of high um going to another nfc team which is going to get us into our me of the week chisme <gasps> oh so we saw very we emotional Aaron Rodgers talking about teams who can't get over the hump, especially heading into the post. Uh, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers defeated by the Lions. I'm, I'm going to be real, real, real with you. I think I was happier about that Lions victory than I was about the Dolphins victory in Week 18. I mean, yeah. it was the type of stuff. Lions are fun. So fun. This is the Kool-Aid yeah, that we've been drinking since Hard Knocks over in training camp you know what I mean but we saw Aaron Rodgers hand in hand with Randall Cobb very emotional looking up at the stands so now it continues he says he has to think about it after the emotion wears off but he's not going to hold the team hostage what do you think is he going to come back with the pack maybe go to another team or just call it a career so many options on what could happen next
1: very dramatic well well Well, guess what? This is going to be the content that we're going to be talking about on Good Morning Football and on Total (laughs) Access ad nauseum because Mm -hmm. he once again is deliberating on what he's going to do. We saw this with Brett Favre. We saw this with Aaron Rodgers. And listen, the Packers have been lucky to have two great signal callers, and the Packers have to figure out how they want to move forward. I just don't know if anybody is going to be taking that salary uh, that contract from mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers. Now, a team like the Raiders, who we talked about, they would love to have a guy like Aaron Rodgers or Wild even a guy. guy like Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. We don't know what Tom Brady's even going to do if and when he decides to to hang it up or if he's going to continue his career. So, I think he ends up staying in Green Bay. We saw these. Uh, wide receivers really kind of grow up in front of our very eyes, and he developed a nice little rapport there with Christine Wa- Christian Watson. So yeah. um, I think that he ends up staying personally in Green Bay.
3: I think so, too. And I, and I don't know that Green Bay necessarily is ready to move on from him. The contract still has another year, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen all yep. that much from Jordan Love. It's unfinished business. It's unfinished business. In current business, With the Jets, Mm -hmm. we saw how the season ended for them. A lot of quarterback uh, controversy there. And GM Joe Douglas says, hey, we've never been a team that gives up on talent early and we all know the talent that Zach possesses.
1: I mean, he has to say that though, right? And and just like Salah has to coach him too. I mean, what are they going to say? They have to keep his ego intact but also have to look ahead at their future and uh, the owner of... The Jets, Woody Johnson, came out and said they have to get the quarterback position right. And again, mm-hmm. that's right for opportunity for a Derek Carr or a Jimmy G to come in. And, don't uh, count out Mike Wilson, White now. Uh, yeah, I don't want to count him out, but I think we've <laughs> seen enough of a sample size with Mike White. I just found it interesting and funny when Zach Wilson had said, hey, I'm going to l- make life living hell for whoever comes in First and competes for how? the job. It's like, come on, dude. Stop. I would,
3: lo- I would love to know your three-point plan on how to do this. Like, sit down, sit down for a minute. Which is literally what Coach Robert Sala told you to do. So keep on that path. That's re- I get what he's trying to do here. Probably gas himself up a little bit, but boy,
0: you go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. Vean nada más lo que está pasando ahí con los chips para marear a todos, qué barbaridad
2: Y se acomodan rápidamente y quien está bajo centro es McKinnon, se la suelta a Patrick Mahomes que la suelta hacia adelante Tratando de los bloqueos, les a
1: salir, pero hay un pañuelo en la jugada, vamos a tener que esperar a Tony en el touchdown ¿Qué acabamos de ver Miguel Ángel Briseño?
3: <laughs> I love that call. One of my favorite plays of the year. And of course, Rebecca on the call there in Espanol. We now welcome in una amiga mía, the color analyst in Espanol for the 49ers and a member of the TNF broadcast team in Espanol también, Mayra Gomez. Thank you so much for coming on with us, Mayra. Yeah,
2: mucho gusto. Muchísimas <laughs> gracias. ¿Qué tal? Un gusto. Un gusto estar con ustedes el día de hoy. Los Chiefs simplemente fueron a dar un paseo por el parque.
3: Me imagino que estás bastante ocupado esta semana. Very busy this week Mm -hmm. getting ready for the wildcard weekend. 49ers hosting the Seahawks. What does a week look like for you when you're getting ready for a game like this?
2: Well, it's actually not as busy today. Like this week is actually a lot more relaxed (laughs) because I'm not doing Thursday night football. So I'm not flying everywhere. And a home game, (gasps) you have no idea how happy I was because I have got to be in (laughs) Seattle. So as a sideline reporter for Amazon, when the San Francisco 49ers became the NFC West champions, so I was like, oh my gosh, yes, we don't have to travel. I get to be home. So it was actually very relaxing. I know the players want that home field advantage, but as beat reporters, as you know, part of the team in one way or in another, we're also excited. At least I am. So the weekend has been a little full. Just trying to do a day-to-day, you know, press conference from afar, kind of. The whole COVID feels still a little because mm-hmm. I'm not there, but everybody else is there. So I just keep up to the day-to-day with what's happening with the 49ers and, of course, the Seattle Seahawks, Pete Carroll, rolling into the field with a scooter, and then Nick Boza doing it the following day. That. I don't know what's going on with the scooters. <laughs> Apparently we all need to get a scooter. Is that, is that the playoff thing? I'm so I'm, I'm down. I, I would guess,
1: love yes. a scooter. Let's do it. I would love that for us. <laughs> So how fun (laughs) is this team to cover? Because you have Kittle, you've got Debo, you've got Bosa, you've got personalities all around. How are these guys when you approach them and you talk to them because they seem like they're just having fun constantly?
2: They really are. And it's funny that you bring that up because going back to that game on Thursday Night Football, they always ask us, oh, who do you want to interview after the game? And, you know, and it's kind of like, oh, a play-by-play and I hate to say this, but there are some teams where you're like, oh, do they have players with personality? Mm -hmm. Or there's going to be two, three, and that's it. Mm -hmm. And, like, as a Spanish language, like, who do I get? But then with the 49ers, I was like, give me anybody. Right. It's like, give me anybody. Give me the third string. Give me the kicker because, I mean – Come on, Robbie Gold, incredible. You've got the snapper going on on social media. I mean, every single person there has a personality. And when you approach them, especially Kittle, I mean, George Kittle, it's not just George, but it's his whole family. His mom, his dad, his sister. Now the sister don't who's there every week. See, sí, Jorge quiero. Sí. Aclaremos, Jorge, Jorge quiero. Y toda sí. la familia, y es toda la familia además. Y entonces creo que eso es importantísimo que sea la abuelita la semana pasada cumpliendo 100 también. años. Uh-huh. I know. Love it. it was the cutest. Loved it. So it's it's a lot of fun. It's really a lot of fun. That locker room has been incredible year after year. And I think that they just continue to bring in those kinds of players.
3: You know, Maida, when we first met, it was in Santa Clara, both covering the 49ers. I was the beat reporter at the time here for the NFL Network. Um, and you know better than anyone, especially amongst Latinos, but especially when it's women. I saw you and I was like, hi, we're friends now. Okay, thanks. Um, and it was just <laughs> sort of instant, you know. It was but that quick. Yeah, that quick. Like, okay, we got this. United, stronger together. Because most of the time we are the only one or the first one even sometimes in that space. But um, it's been so great to watch you progress, to see you um, be able to be part of the... Thursday night football team in Español I mean I'm so so proud of you so I wanted to get that out of the way first because you are crushing it and to be in the space in which you're doing it calling games play by play color analyst that's still a space where most women and most Latinas really haven't broken through so what was it like week to week in the booth for Thursday night?
2: Oh my goodness, it's been incredible. I mean, in, for Thursday night, was just unbelievable because I got to work with Rolando Cantu, who I've admired for many years, yeah. who's a great friend, who I've been able to work with in the past doing certain podcasts. And so when they told gave me the news, Amina calls me and says, hey, you're gonna be working with Rolando and you're gonna be working with Miguel. And I'm like, oh my gosh, these guys are rock stars. Like they know what they're doing. So, you know, I've, I've gotta step up my game. And so when you mentioned preparing, it was, it was just so exciting going into every stadium, every week, you know, preparing and getting to know the players from other teams. Mm -hmm. I always say, like, there's one thing to watch them play, but to actually have that one-on-one connection with them, whether it be 10 seconds, whether it be 10 minutes, like you get to see which one of them has a personality or which one of them is willing to go that extra step for fans. And even just recently talking to Dak and, you know, I approach him and I say, hey, you know, I met you when you were at the pro game. He's like, oh, that was a while ago. We're like, (laughs) We know each other because it's it's been a while. But he was so relaxed. You're talking about like, oh, my injuries and it's fine. Who cares about the Pro Bowl? We're going to the Super Bowl. So it's just, it's exciting that week to week being able to meet more, more people involved in the NFL, more reporters, more people. And as you mentioned, actually, funny story. The first time I met you was the first time that I was going into a locker room in San Francisco. What? And wow. Yes, yeah.
3: I would wow. I, You not <laughs> tell that that was your girl. See, a pro's pro, Maida. You're a pro's pro.
2: I was, I was so nervous internally. And I was like, oh, and then when I saw you, I was like, oh, someone else is here. It and makes she's a, a Latina, difference. It really does. And, I, yeah. and we're God. Yeah. And I got to talk to you in Spanish and connect a little bit. And I was like, OK, whatever she does, I'm just gonna follow in her footsteps. <laughs> if she approaches a player, I'm gonna go approach the player <laughs> because there's no rule book. There really there is isn't that. a rule book. You know, you. It's like here's the locker room, but you're like, okay, go so in. who do I? Take? Off you go, mm. right,
3: right. They just literally no. you
2: know, only... have these men are naked. Have these it's men are like in it. their towels, and you're just like, okay, well, well, do I say hi to them now because right because they're drying like. You know they're drawing themselves like they just got out of the locker room or one of us coming from training so it can be a little overwhelming so i have to i don't think i've ever told you this but it was so relaxing for me oh. to see you there uh, thanks that's for great. sharing Thank for that story I, I wouldn't that's have known awesome.
3: you you handled yourself like a consummate professional as you always have and the thing Thank is you. like it is i always say this to people who are, are not in the industry or who don't cover teams like that we are allowed in the locker rooms, but we're not welcome in the locker room. I mean, imagine you at your house getting ready, getting dressed, whatever. And then someone's coming in with a freaking microphone and a camera. Like the <laughs> dynamics of the situation are very awkward. I give a lot of credit to the players, but you I give totally a imagine. lot of credit to us uh, as well, um, having to navigate that. And I will say, though, I've been in a lot of locker rooms throughout this league, as have you, and the 49ers do sort of make it a welcoming space, even though we know that we are infringing sort of on their on their moments <laughs> there, right? Like their privacy. The guys are, are, are class acts in that locker room. And and so yeah. I'm glad that that was your first one and that I was there uh, with you for that moment because, man, it's... Well, it's well so I should rare. clarify that
2: that was, that was my first one with the 49ers my right. first first nfl yeah. locker room let's just say i saw a full moon oh lord from a certain <laughs> yeah. kicker that's the real world oh.
3: oh wow okay you're dropping names <laughs> yeah.
2: So, yeah so it was it was a full moon
3: it's a lot it's a lot it's a uh, whole lot in these options uh, wow it
1: know. is a lot that's, it has been a hilarious. lot of fun Yes. It has been a yeah. lot of fun to watch it do your thing on Thursday Night Football. I unfortunately have to wrestle the remote control away from my son because I want to watch the Spanish feed. Then he wants to watch the Dude Perfect feed as well. So I'm Not, like, no, 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 no. no, no now come on we got to bring it back here I want to hear this uh and I especially yeah. enjoyed you were talking about your interaction with the players Marvin Jones and the best part of that interview está hablando el español y lo habla muy bien yeah. y viendo eso como latino, estaba lleno de orgullo viendo eso it was so cool that I instantly thought of my parents and All those times, I thought there would never be an NFL player that would do a post-game interview in Spanish. And you see somebody like Marvin Jones just busting it out. It's Marvin Jones. You're not thinking, oh, well, él sí es latino, él es latino. No, no, you're not thinking that. It's just you and him talking, and he embraces it, and he talks to you, and it made for such an entertaining back and forth between the two of you.
2: So it was... To me, first of all, I I love when players are open to speaking Spanish, to learning anything Mm -hmm. that has to do with the Latino culture. I absolutely adore them and I thank them for it because it it brings them out of their comfort zone. For sure. It brings them out of their comfort zone. And, you know, they they have a game in front of them. They just played a game. So when a player says to me, hey, I can speak Spanish. And I looked at him and I said, so you want the interview in Spanish, completely in Spanish? He goes, yeah, I want it in Spanish. Right because on. I I can you know and it's like okay vamos I was nervous I didn't know how good his Spanish was going to sure. be I have a producer a in my ear telling me it better it better you know better work like it's gotta work the people need to know the yeah. message and I'm thinking okay I haven't had a conversation with you how good is your Spanish? And then he's got this confidence and he's so happy to embrace it and he's talking uh-huh. and I'm going, and he says, you know, all I need you to do is ask the question in English so that I know what you're asking me. Uh-huh. So I'm hundred percent sure what I'm answering. And I said, okay, let's do it. And as he's rolling, I, every every word, cada palabra que salía de él en español, yo sonreía más grande. Yo, mi, mi sonrisa uh-huh. creía que se sentía más grande porque era un alivio y decía, wow. Like you said my parents my grandparents like this is an in that you know my parents can listen to and actually understand what's happening and like Mm -hmm. they hear it and they see it and it was unbelievable and i think one of the greatest moments to me was actually after the interview my sister texted me and she said hey shay who's one of her best friends called me and these this is a caucasian family that i'm speaking of and she said her little boys who have no Latino in them other than their Nina, who's, who's my sister, said, turned around to him and said, hey, Miles, we better pick up our Spanish. Like, <laughs> Joe speaks Spanish. Oh, right. we our Spanish get better get better. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's inspiring the next generation to come out of their comfort zone. And I think that that was just unbelievable. And while we're on the topic really quickly, I also want to mention that i did have an interview earlier on with a player who i had had this one we're not going to say his name because we're gonna we're gonna leave it out but we had i had had certain encounters with him and we didn't click and And this particular interview because it happens right but this particular interview i said hey how good is your spanish he's like spanish it's good but it's Mm -hmm. not great Mm -hmm. and i said okay and he just, but when I when I asked him a question, he tried to speak Spanish, and I okay, was so just he tried. blown I mean, away. I and I was yeah. blown yeah. away because our encounters from before just were gone mm-hmm. because of the kind of reaction he had in that moment. And now we're friends. That. Wow. Now we're friends.
1: Yeah. That's so cool. So and and I always tell people. I always tell people having if you try to speak Spanish to a Spanish speaker, just trying goes a long way, yeah, and it's appreciated so much. So even when they do it, I think sometimes there's this feeling of oh, I'm going to embarrass myself, or I'm not going to do it well. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Just talk to us in Spanish. We'll be into it. Just the fact that you're doing the effort <laughs> is the big thing.
3: And we'll help you. Yep. It turns into in Spanish. Yeah. Yes. I'm- CD exactly. I mean, look it. at CD yeah. Lab. Feliz yeah. Año
1: Nuevo. <laughs> and he did it. <laughs> and we love, him, you know, for know, it. love
2: think, him for it. Yes, absolutely. And everybody does. And I think, again, like just the comments and the, the way it was received by the audience, the people that were listening to him. And, you know, it's like, oh, estás invitado a la carne asada, which means your, right. your family.
1: You're your family it. and it's that yeah.
2: simple yeah. you know and I, I'm just excited how many more players can you know jump on this bus like, get on just try
1: Yeah.
3: culturally you know our love of sports especially as Latinos can start from a place outside of American football right for me it was baseball with my dad watching the late 90 Yankees when we were living in, in, in Washington Heights and that evolved into an overall encompassing love of sports what was it for you Mina?
2: el football soccer
3: okay, I mm. grew
2: up with a father who was in love with soccer and I played soccer since I was for as long as I can remember right. I actually idolized a men's a, a man who played soccer, Carlos Hermosillo, mm-hmm. who is now technically oh, yeah. with you know right. over in Telemundo, and I wanted to be him growing as a child. I would always say, "When I grow up, I want to be the first woman to play soccer in Liga MX." <laughs> and so, uh-huh. my father—the first time I told my father—and I always applaud him, and I tell every person who's a girl dad, you know, have something similar. I turned around and I said, "Hey, dad." I want to be the first woman to play in this men's league. And he said, well, get up, you gotta go train. No, That'd be better. That. That'd love it.
1: <laughs>
2: now I think about it, I'm go. Dad, that was totally unrealistic. Like, I can never become a female playing in the league." No, it was league. the right <laughs> response. But it was the right dad. response. It was the right answer. And so, soccer was the first sport. But we really we watched everything. We had that giant antenna, and I'm going to age myself. <laughs> but we had the big parabólica. You know, it was large and white. Yeah. And my siblings and I would play rock paper scissors to see who would go and turn it and locate the right channel because we'd watch everything from european football you know um soccer to mexico to tennis the australian open the u.s open all of it the house was it was all sports but soccer was was the beginning of it all and i played soccer baseball basketball actually got to high school and that was the first time somebody told me i couldn't play baseball because i was a girl and I went to my dad and I said, "Hey, Dad, I'm told I have to play softball." And he goes, "You don't have to do anything you don't mm-hmm. want to do." But then I realized that that's how the school was divided. So I said, "Okay, fine, I'll try a new sport." But it was. <laughs> <laughs> but my dad didn't go to school. My dad didn't show up the next yeah. day and say my daughter wants to play baseball and she's going to play baseball and she wants to play baseball. So.
1: <laughs> well, I know for for my dad and I, it was bonding over baseball and uh, soccer wasn't as big as. El boxeo, like Alexi Arguello. Yeah. He was a big-time uh, hero, I guess, if you want to call it. Uh, my dad especially as Nicaragüense. So that's where our focus was. But then we watched a lot of football, and then my parents got into the 49ers living in San Francisco. So I get that. And we arrived, all of us, at this spot where we're at right now. W- when did you realize that you could actually – be bilingual and do this and do it effectively in both languages?
2: So it started with at Univision and was which is an affiliate of Univision. And I actually had mm-hmm. the news director walk in and ask me what I was going to do with my life. And at that time I was only I had just come back from Europe. i I was away doing, you know, young young people things. Young people things. And yeah. yes. And I came back and again, you know, my whole dream was to become a professional soccer player. And as any good athlete, I hurt my ankle and I was mm-hmm. done. Um so and you know, an injury so he actually gave me my first opportunity to get in front of the camera and talk sports. And when I got a taste for it, it was like, okay, wait, I can do this. But I also saw an opportunity to do it for my Latino community and do it right. Mm-hmm. What do I mean by right? Is that I grew up watching a lot of sports in, in Spanish and the news in Spanish. And I would see the woman be the trophies. Mm-hmm. and it would bother mm-hmm. me because I'd be like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to wear a bikini and show up in front of a camera and talk sports. Like, why do I have to wear a bikini to talk sports? So at that moment, it was like, okay, I want to talk sports, but I don't want to wear a bikini to do it. Like, that's that's not what I want. By the way, that's so an then, actual
3: literal example. Like, she's, you're not exaggerating, right? Like, it, it oh, was yes, almost a no. caricature, um, yeah. especially growing up. Yeah.
2: Women came, you know, in in the Latino community, women came into talking sports as a trophy. Mm-hmm. Like, let, you know, it was just like you would see this thing and it was like, I remember a couple women that have created a, a career for them, but when they first started and when they were doing the World Cup, it was, they were talking about the best abs and the best legs and they're wearing mini skirts and crop tops. And I was like, that's, that, that's not what I want to do. I want to talk about the actual game if I want to do this. So that's where I started. And I said, okay, I'm going to go to Mexico because it might, at that time I had one niece. Now I have two. But I said, you know, when my niece grows up, I don't want her to say, hey, Tia, how'd you get into this? And be like, well, my pretty face and I knew sports. Hmm. At that time, I only had a degree in business administration, so, so well, I'm going to go to Mexico. I'm going to perfect my Spanish. I'm going to, you know, become a woman in sports, and I'm going to talk sports, and I'm going to not have to do it in a bikini. That was that was my goal. Mm-hmm. I was, and so I went to Mexico, and I start. I did a sports um, a journalism an equivalence with sports journalism masters, in Mexico, La Escuela de, de José Ramón Fernández and I realized in that moment that american football was a big part of the mexican culture yep which was something that i did not know because originally i was going to go and talk about soccer remember how we talked about soccer got me started soccer was right i thought but then i get to mexico and i was like oh my gosh they love football they do and they know they They know it and they
1: know it really well
2: And they bring this extra passion and mm-hmm. they're so excited. And there's this whole tradition of college football. And it was like, oh, my goodness. So one thing led to another. I had the opportunity to work with Maximo Avance, cover football, college um cover Puma Ceu, which is one of the longest, historical, most recognized football programs in Mexico. And I started asking questions like, how long has football been around? And wait, you watch NFL? And how do you watch the NFL? And so then it just, one thing, again, led to the other. It just kind of, it was like this puzzle that just kept building, 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 and I'm still putting the pieces together
3: girl the p- the picture is coming along very very beautifully <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and what i love about it is Thank that you we're know. you're still creating the puzzle pieces right like they, they weren't predetermined yes. um new things like tnf for example like your position with the niners like they're they're creating a tapestry that now other women will be able to to follow and then add their own puzzle pieces too, and it's it's been such a crazy journey. I love that you mentioned, you know, s- sort of like the trope that it was early on for women to be in sports in Spanish language specifically, because I think on on the opposite side of it, in the U.S., it's almost an overcorrection, right? So it's like a, a double-edged sword where. My experience right. was the opposite, where they were like, you need to strip away all of your femininity in order to be considered <laughs> credible. And it's like, OK, well, look, can we as women just exist as who we are authentically with what we bring to the table and just bring yeah. our expertise in the field and our talent in the field well, that without having to fit into this literal box that everybody tries to shove us in? So it, 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 I think we're still navigating those waters. and the industry is still trying to catch up to what it is um that 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 women really bring to the table but it it, it's going to be a journey i think for the rest of our career certainly i just hope that for your nieces and for mine um eventually everything can land on an even playing field still a long way to go but you (laughs) are one of the reasons why the fight continues so thank you for that Edmana I appreciate you. Thank
2: you. I just want to add one thing when you mentioned about doing it, you know, like you said, it's a double sword because I now I tell my niece, you know, your pretty face may get you the door open, but it's going to be your knowledge and the way you execute it. That's going to keep you there. It's going to continue to grow. And I said, you know, sometimes it's like we the way it's 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 kind of a challenge trying to figure out how sexy you can be or how much. You know, not to push, to not get judged, to not be disrespected, yeah. to mm-hmm. still be respected for the professional that you are, for your knowledge in the game. And so I think that's a that's a challenge that as women just in general we face. I remember going to the fields, the football fields when I first started in Mexico, and every person the first question that came out of anybody's So, um, y tu si sí sabes a esto? You I always get asked
3: which which player is my husband is always the question. I'm like, oh. Oh, I'm actually. Oh, wow! Really? I'm yes. Here. Oh, yeah. To this day, by the way. Oh, yeah. So I worked with the Mexican professional. No, girl. Yeah,
2: I I, 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 I worked know. with the Mexican professional league because now Mexico has a, an American football league, a professional league that's getting started. It's been around for a few years and I worked with them. And apparently when I walked away, I heard that I slept with half the men. Oh, right, great. News to you. So,
3: right. Okay.
2: You know, I was like, oh, wow, <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, wow
3: I didn't know this. Thank you, yeah. thank you
2: for the info. <laughs> right. But
3: it's things that
2: I think that as women, you know, we just, we learned to navigate. And that question came to the point where I would answer sarcastically. I don't know. I watch these players and they're just kind of attacking a football. <laughs> I don't. Is that a football like that round little thing? Is that what we call it? Right. right. <laughs> because it just it, it, it got to the point where it's like, I, I just I don't have any time for this. I got to go. Yeah. I got to go figure out. I think things, people but... try
3: and shame you one end and shame you in the other. So it's so all you got to do is go out you know, there and that's... do you the rule. Literally, the sweatshirt I'm wearing today mm-hmm. says the rules are all fake. Do you? That's it. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm for 2023. Absolutely.
2: No, sure. Yes. You have to do you, and you have to create it. And I always, I say, you know, you you go out there, and the you know, we we have the knowledge, and we just look cuter doing it. No offense to any men. Right.
1: <laughs> Sorry well, for you. I mean. I mean, come on, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily have a face for radio, do I? I, I don't know, I mean... Un galán. No, un galán. Sí, un
2: galán, ¿no? No, pero es que digo, nosotros simplemente nos vemos un poquito mejor,
3: y lo hacemos en tacones. Y lo
2: hacemos en tacones, ¿eh? <risa> Los
1: tacones, pues sí, no, no tengo mis tacones, eso sí te puedo decir vamos 100%. A un, ¿no? Vamos a tener
2: que darte un par. Yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 That's hard. Uh, Myra <laughs> MJ, I, I admire both of you because it's not been an easy journey to get to this point. And I am obviously proud of the fact that MJ get a chance to work with you on this podcast. I'm glad that we're able to do it. And Myra, I'd really enjoyed watching your coverage. And your interviews and how you've conducted yourself. So, you have been an incredible example to my daughter, for example. (laughs) Yo le hablo a ella en español. Ella es una güera, también. Ella habla el español, ella me ve, ella empieza a hablar el español, y todos dicen, ah, mira, ella habla el español. Pues tú eres un ejemplo también. So, thank you so much for joining us on El Huddle. It's been an absolute pleasure. And enjoy this magic carpet ride of the 49ers.
2: Más gracias a ti, qué bueno que pueda de alguna forma influenciar la nueva generación y ante todo que entiendan que el español no te hace una menos persona. Creo que muchos de nuestros padres y nuestros abuelos crecieron con el miedo de hablar español y esta generación que está viviendo ahora tiene la oportunidad de disfrutar los beneficios que vienen con el hablar un segundo idioma. Well said.
3: 100%. Well
1: said. 100%. 100%.
2: Thanks, gracias.
3: Gracias de
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, Puede correr el propio Hawk para no arriesgar el balón y detener el reloj. No lo van a hacer. Le
2: pegaron
3: y el balón es. Si es Fumble, marcaron Fumble. Pase touchdown. Jackson. Oh, Josh Allen. Mm. I'm trying not to call him the other Josh Allen, because he 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 stands on his own, man. That's good score there. I love that. It's um, a name too,
1: yeah.
3: I love Great name. Just This is now a football player name, right? Football player um, royalty goes into that. Um, let's get into oh, yeah. Puras Macanas here. Um, well, shall we?
1: Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Puras Macanas. Coach Campbell did a great job with his crew, and they played a fantastic football game to, to get the win to give us the chance. So we're going to try to do something with it. Uh, unfortunately, we're playing the Niners.
3: Unfortunately, we're playing the Niners. Uh, yeah, Coach, I hear you there. Do you think Pete Carroll is worried, or could the third time be the charm here?
1: Uh, I think that es la verdad. I think he, mm-hmm. the truth is he is worried about this. The team look overmatched in the two other uh, matchups that they had. Uh, you can never count out Pete Carroll much like you can't count out a, a Bill Belichick right. or right. a Tom Brady. Uh, But this is a situation where I just think there's going to be too much McCaffrey, too much of this offense. Maybe the weather will be a great equalizer for them because it is expected to be a wet one there in Santa Clara. But uh, I think it's better that I think he's worried. Genuinely think
3: so, too. All right. You alluded to this other Puras Macanas earlier in the pod uh, in Mike McCarthy. Let's hear how coach is feeling heading into the post.
0: We had a team meeting, uh,
2: so we, we I, you know, I felt that uh, we were able to cover some things in there that need to be covered, and
3: um, you know, they've had a chance to visit with their position coaches. You know, I, you know, I talked a little bit, but
2: you know, yesterday not being a you know burn the tape type type uh, outlook here, but you know, we've had a chance to go through it, and and frankly, I think it's time to burn the tape and move
1: on to Tampa.
3: So, are they just flipping <laughs> on? I wouldn't burn that tape, coach. That's just my take. What do you think, Will?
1: Uh, I think this is a case where um, I think love it, that too. I mean, you have, yeah. to, you have to look at the tape and, and learn from it. Yeah, McCarthy had said uh, when he was asked about the interceptions, if that was a worry for him and Dak Prescott. And he said, like, well, you got you to gotta learn from your failures to, to succeed, which is true. Yeah. And at this point in time, I think, you know, for them – You got to learn from it. You got to move forth because otherwise this is going to be the same movie that we've watched over and over with the Cowboys in the postseason where they have a lot of hype. We're thinking they've got the, the pieces in place. They have everything going in their favor and then they fall flat. And right. we've been talking about this for a long time. Our colleague, Kyle Brandt, on Good Morning Football, he even pointed out as well. We've co- we've just grown so accustomed to, hey, this is the year that the Cowboys are going to do it. Now they're going to do it. Now we're going to see what they can mm-hmm. do. And then they end up falling flat. So, yeah, look at that tape. Learn from it. Try to get this road win against the Bucks, and keep moving forward.
3: Yeah, the Cowboys have not reached the NFC Championship game since 1995. That's a long, old it time a long if time, you're okay, yeah. so time to flip the script and get it
1: done. Well, it was a lot of fun talking to Myra um, and her experience, yeah. and the connection that you two have. And as I told her and told both of you, you're both my heroes. Oh, and man. the journey that you you took to get here isn't easy and is a male. Sometimes it's hard to look. Outside of yourself and say, "Well, this is hard to do." And you, I, I know that it's like for for her, for you, or for any of our female colleagues, it's like they it, there's the feeling of always having to overcome and prove yourself. And while that gets exhausting, all of you are pros. So my punto is, if you want to get into sports broadcasting and you're a female, watch MJ, watch Myra. There's there's so many other uh, great female reporters who do their prep work who know the game and stop with the whole uh you didn't play sort of weak weak sauce weak that off. some guys like to say to these female colleagues of our it's totally weak just get over yourselves. They're knowledgeable. They know. Just sit back, listen to the information, take it in, and then you can do with that what you will with your fantasy team or your own team. That is my ipunto and a little bit of a rant there. I love but- it. That's <laughs> sticking up. It's sticking up for for my colleagues who are the and best. And I appreciate you, Bill.
3: You've always been a real one. But I think having these conversations, right? Having a platform like this, like El Huddle, where we can be open about it and transparent and keep it real, a hundred percent. And I think more of these conversations need to happen amongst the women in the business. Like no gatekeeping, ladies. All right. Mm. Stronger together. Knowledge is power. Just talk to one another, and yep. I promise you, we. We'll continue to lift each other up. I appreciate you, Will. I think that's a perfect spot to end on I punto as we gear up for the playoffs. Holy moly, we made it to the yeah. postseason, Will. Let's go. We want to thank you guys go. for joining us here on another week of El Huddle. More to come as we get ready and closer to the Super Bowl. Hey, make sure you like, subscribe, rate us, share it. Share a follow little bit it. of it on your social media. Follow Will and us. And let's continue the conversation over there because the huddle, never stops. Appreciate you, Will. We'll talk next week. Yeah,
1: appreciate you. Prima Hermana. Adios.
3: <laughs> adios. In Huddle is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app,